Hello and welcome to the Everyday Adventure Podcast. My name is Nikki Bass and I will be bringing you thoughts and ideas and hopefully some inspiration on how to build more adventure into your everyday life. It's really exciting today to welcome Zoe Langley-Wotton to the show. So Zoe is somebody I met when I attended the inaugural Adventure Minds conference back in February this year. I was lucky enough to be roomies with Zoe, so I got to hear her story in person. So I was really (laughs) thrilled when she agreed to come on the show and actually to share it with everybody else because it's such a brilliant story. In 2011, she set off backpacking solo along the Southwest Coast Path, which is 630 miles for those that don't know it. And in her own words, this changed her life. Been committed to long distance walking ever since, but also now gives her time to helping other people to step outside of their comfort zone. She's recently set up her new venture, which is Head Right Out. Um, She's got a Facebook group, she's got a website, and it's all around how help people uh, very much within the aims of this program to to live more adventurously and to build their resilience through, through outdoor adventures and to do the things that really scare them. She's also just recently contributed to the Big Book of Yes, which is due out on the 1st of August. Thanks for joining us, Zoe. It's brilliant to have you. Thank you. What a wonderful introduction. (laughs) I don't feel like I can follow that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right, I'll give you a question. (laughs) Okay. Um, Because I sort of alluded to it, I didn't want to take too much of your story away from you. And I think it's, it's always better to hear it from somebody in their own words. So I guess it's really what motivated you to set off on the Southwest Coast Path and to do it alone, to do it solo. Well, it was uh, nine years ago now, and I was turning 40. I was obviously getting into that realm of thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to be turning 40 soon. <laughs> and and that, that sort of daunting fear of reaching middle age. And I, I knew I wanted to market in some way. And I I wasn't quite sure what that some way was going to be. I wanted it to be a challenge. I wanted to raise money for charity. But I wasn't really kind of connecting with the, the the things that other people were doing. So there was Kilimanjaro, there was doing the Inca Trail, but they just didn't connect with me at that particular moment. I needed it to have some kind of personal relationship with me. And then I just, one day I walked into a small Waterstone store in the little city of Wells. And there in front of me was this book. And it was, I I tell this story quite a lot. It was just like this shaft of light shining down on the book, on the shelf, in this kind of moment of divine intervention. And there it was, the Southwest Coast Path Handbook. And I thought, oh my goodness me, I have wanted to do this path for so long. But I never thought I was capable. I never thought I was strong enough. I thought it was for elite athletes because it was 630 miles. Just every part of me was saying, I would love to do that. But, you know, you're not capable. That's for somebody else to go and do. And so, yeah, this moment was was pivotal. So I skipped off to the counter and paid for it. And I knew in that moment that this was the path I was going to be walking for my 40th but I had no idea how I was going to go and do it. So then the following months was very much about planning, researching, thinking about what kit I needed to take. And so I went through all of the pre-trip fears that 
that a lot of people suffer. Even people who are now considered experienced adventurers, I hear them talk and I read what they write and they say they still go through this. It's almost like pre-match nerves or, you know, just before you go on stage for an actor or singer. It's that planning process is just crazy. And so I, I bought I bought all the things I thought I needed and set off in the summer of 2011 and soon realised within the first, well, I could say within the first couple of weeks, but actually within the first day that I bought things that I didn't need. <laughs> Two weeks in, my shoulders were hurting. I had blisters on my feet. I was in a lot of pain. But I was still, actually, throughout all of that, I was still really, really enjoying the whole process. I had people that would stop me and ask me regularly what I was doing. And I got so much from stopping and chatting to people and talking to them about it. And that kind of almost reassured me and made me feel, no, that this is the right place for you. You should be here this isn't for somebody else. I was going through that imposter syndrome feeling. And it it really got me to a point where I had to make my own decisions and I had to take my own path and decide when it was right for me to do things and when it was right for me to take a particular route. Sometimes it wasn't always very clear. When I was camping, I, I knew I had to wild camp on my own. And I knew I had to um, cross a river. And, you know, these things scared me. And I knew I had to do them and not have the backup of somebody close to me uh, saying, you can do this. I had to give myself that coaching and that reassurance I could do it. So, yeah, it it was all about doing it solo, doing something big, doing for somebody else, i.e. the charity. And, you know, these are all things that make you feel good And I hadn't realized how good that would make me feel when I got to the end. Wow. I mean, that is such an adventure, like you said, not having the experience of the kit and all of that sort of thing. And just you're as prepared as you think you are. And then you realize as you start out that actually you're having to learn as you go what you need. So you, you talked about, you know, this was this is life changing for you. In what ways, what difference did it make then? I guess the following years as you know what what changes did it bring about um you know the immediate changes were suddenly finding that I was so much more resilient I was so much stronger in the way I dealt with my everyday life in a way that I could never have anticipated I was a teacher at the time so standing up in front of 500 students to talk to them about the walk it wasn't a problem anymore even standing, in fact, what I found harder was always standing up in front of the staff and, and addressing staff in a staff meeting. I always found that more hard than talking to the students. But, you know, I just thought to myself, come on, you know, if you can do this 630 mile walk and, and going through all the pain and all the challenges that that offered me, then of course I can do this. Come on. you know. So it, it gave me it gave me a, a resilience, a strength that I hadn't realised I had. Um, I lost masses of weight. That was the immediate change. And I did not anticipate that at all. So I went from a size 12 to 14 down to a size 8 in seven weeks. Gosh. Yeah, that that was a big shock. And actually, I cried when I got back and realised that none of my clothes fitted me. I I did have a a good old 
cry about that because it is, you know, some people would say, oh, wow, I need to go and do that because I need to lose all that weight. But actually, if you think about it, all of the clothes that you own are all chosen for you, by you, because they have um, something that connects with you. So it's the colour, it's the way it makes you feel, it's the way it makes you look. It's part of your identity. It's your brand, if you like. And so nothing fitted me. And all of a sudden, overnight, I had to change my identity or, or revisit and rethink who I was. And I actually ended up going back to school two days later in clothes that belonged to my 16-year-old daughter. <laughs> so that was, that was the only thing I could do. And then as, as time went on, people started to say to me, what next, Zoe? And I thought about it. I thought, well, I didn't think there was a next. This was only supposed to be one walk to mark my 40th birthday. And then I'll move on and get on with my life. It's so a seed. And the following year, I was at the opening of the Wales Coast Path with some friends, some friends that I'd met actually on the Southwest Coast Path. And we uh, were there for Ari Beresford Webb. And I didn't know her at the time, but we, we went to support her. And I've since you know, got to know her from there. And so we, we welcomed her in because she um, ran all the way around Wales just as it opened and she came into Cardiff Bay for the opening ceremony and then she passed the baton the celebratory baton on to Dave and I can't remember his surname I'm sorry Dave but anyway yeah and then he set off to walk around Wales and it was at that moment after a few beers around a, a pub table we all got chatting it's like yeah we could do that and so I set off that summer to walk the Wales Coast Path and it, as it turned out, I ended up being the first woman to walk it. <laughs> so Ari had run it. And I was like, wow, I didn't expect that. That was good. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, you know, from the southwest coast path where it took me a good 30 odd days, I think it was, to, to wild camp, I swore to myself after realising how wonderful solo wild camping is, you know, there's, there's nothing to fear at all. And I swore from that moment on that I would always wild camp wherever I could I would always take that opportunity and not throw away the gift of being able to do that and so for the for 43 nights and I was with somebody but still for 43 nights we wild camped every night and it was great fun absolutely yeah enjoyed that immensely and so year on year it it then became this thing my surname's Wathen I created a blog called Wathwalk and I just carried on walking each year and designing new challenges and, and enjoying it and enjoying sharing it with the students and the teachers and the parents at school. And, and life changes, life evolves, and the things that you do have to evolve with it. And so it comes to sort of around about 2017, and I, I, I realised that my parents are becoming more frail and because they're elderly and that my long distance challenges are temporarily coming to a close I, I wouldn't be able to walk very long distances and so I, I set up a new challenge 100 mappy days where I'd go off and do a walk anything over two miles using a map 100 mappy days became my absolute lifeline because I, I knew I needed my outdoor medicine more than ever, I needed to be able to get out and do do things in the outside. But I also needed to be there for mum and dad. And so this just gave me the freedom and the opportunity to go out and still feel like I was leading towards a focus, a challenge. 
Uh, and, you know, I was, you know, oh, great, I'm on, you know, walk number 35 and, oh, I'm on walk number 40 and kind of gradually walking towards that final goal of, of 100 days of walking. And um, I thought I would do it all actually in, in the first year. Uh, it was supposed to be 100, 100 walks in 365 days. And actually by day 50 or walk 50, it was actually New Year's Eve of the first year. So I'd only achieved 50. And that was because we'd had quite a few um, problems for mum and dad. And we actually lost dad just before New Year. It was just before Christmas that same year. So walk 50 was a, a stonking walk around the Y Valley and up to Devil's Pulpit. And that, that was in memory of dad. So that was a really special one. And so I continued it through into the next year, into 2018, and did a, another 50 walks. Uh, and that was where I then started realising, because I, you know, I think when you lose somebody, particularly a parent, you start reflecting. And I realised that, you know, I'd been at the school I was teaching at for 13 years, and I needed more for my life. And I absolutely loved the act of teaching, but I was working so much at home on planning and preparation and marking. And I just, I felt there was more. And so in February of 2019, last year, I took that leap of faith and handed in my resignation, not knowing what on earth I was going to do. And the, the fear, I, I can't begin to tell you, the the sickness I had in the pit of my stomach thinking oh my gosh I've got a mortgage to pay what on earth am I going to do but you just have to trust you just have to have faith that things will work out and that you will you will find something you will you will make it work because when you're put into that position you make it work so I'd already had the the idea that I wanted to do something adventure-based walking-based and I wanted to set up a a venture a website called Head Out. And, and I had it all planned in my head. This is what I'm going to do. And this is what it's going to be called. And then I typed into the name, domain name, and somebody already had it. And it was like, oh no, and it was just the worst thing ever that I couldn't have this name that I oh, chose. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, been there. Yes. yes. And then so I I kind of bashed it around a little bit and you know brainstormed with my, my husband and in the end came up with head right out. And I thought actually this has worked out far better because it's heading right out of your comfort zone, which is what I'm all about. And it's head right out into the outdoors and it's also about getting your head into the right space, the right mental space. And while I might not suffer with, you know, severe anxiety or mental health problems in that respect, I do, as we all do, we go through stages in our life where we need the outdoors or we need something to try and smooth over the the effects of everyday life (laughs) and and how that's affecting our mental health. And it just it just worked perfectly. So I launched last year and I've I've just been you know plodding away with it ever since I was I've still been working I've been supply teaching since September and I actually found I was busier then (laughs) than when I was at school uh, because I was doing my supply teaching and then coming home and working on the website and doing other things as well but it's it's something that I want to be doing and I can feel such a, a deep meaningful pleasure in what I'm doing is and I can see it growing. I don't necessarily know where it's going to go yet. I've got ideas, but you know, I'm I'm prepared to allow it to just 
kind of grow organically and yeah see what happens and I'm loving meeting all the people along the way as a result like yourself at the Adventure Mind Conference. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's the best bit. I think that there's so many points in, in, in what you've just been talking about. I mean, I love the connection that you're making between both the physical activity and the, the mental health, how, how much benefit it brings. And this sort of, not even a symbiotic relationship, but this holistic relationship, I think, that we've mm-hmm. got between body, mind, that it's all part of one continuum. And actually, <laughs> you know, it flows between and it's and it's such a huge benefit. And I think pretty much every guest that I've spoken to so far has talked about actually the psychological benefits in a way outweighing sometimes the physical benefits that you get. And that mm-hmm. it's not necessarily linked to the size of the adventure that you do. It's about the type of adventure and in a way you know I think the second point that you bring out around the fear and I know this is something I often talk about with people and they go well I want to go on an adventure I don't know what to do and I'm like well what is the thing that scares you what's the thing that when you think about it leaves you that slightly sicky icky pit of your stomach mm-hmm. feeling that you want to totally do your fight or flight and run in the other direction that's the thing. Now, it doesn't have to be that it's so huge that you physically, you know, are sick or that, you know, it, it's so stressful, but that it's something that, like you said, it just keeps niggling away at you. It's there and, and it scares you, but it also thrills you at the same time. So I think yes, you've encapsulated yeah. that so perfectly in what you've been talking about. Thank you. I think also it's the fear of the unknown, isn't it? Mm. I mean, it's not having the strength for some people to be able to step out into the unknown. I think sometimes we just need somebody to say it'll be okay but if we can learn to take on that role ourselves and not necessarily rely on that reassurance from somebody else we also have to be able to rely on ourselves to coach ourselves through these difficult moments and I think that's what I've learned that you know although I, I became known as the woman who walks because of like the last 10 years of walking I, I now feel that actually it's not necessarily about the walking, it's about the resilience and it's about being able to face your fears. And even if you find it scary, I find masses of things scary, more things than I ever thought I did, actually. I'm starting to discover new things. But I tell myself, scary is good. Come on, Zoe, you can do this. Scary is good. This is, this is good for you. Uh, I'm meant to do this. It's about deciding yes, I can climb this hill, I can climb this ladder, I can pick up that spider, still haven't done that yet. So you've talked a little bit about where you're heading and and, and what's next. I know you talked about the big book of yes, that's coming out in August. And I know you've been involved heavily in the marketing side of that. Yes, it is. It's actually the biggest book of yes. Okay. (laughs) Because there there were three in the series. So from the Yes Tribe, Mm. um, John John Doolan, three years ago, created the big book of yes. Then came the bigger book of yes, which was 22 short stories. And then then this year, he decided, okay, I'm going to do the third and final book. And this is the biggest book of yes. And 49 adventure stories. And it's all for charity. All three of them have been for the Teddington Trust, which is a charity that supports um, people with a rare skin condition called Exoderma Pigmentosum. So yes, I'm involved with the marketing of that. That has been a big learning curve. And although it's quite busy at the moment because we're launching on the 1st of August, that is really, really exciting. It's also giving me the experience as well because I want to write later on and 
yeah so all, all of this experience that I'm picking up along the way I'll be able to use later it's available to pre-order now on kindle and then from the 1st of August, there will be a print copy, a hard copy available as well, which is going to be a lovely, heavy tune. Um, yes, so all exciting. Fantastic. Yeah, and I look forward to, to reading it. So finally, and this is a question I ask all my guests, you've talked a lot about how passionate you are about supporting people to, to experience, I think, some of the things and the, the benefits that you have through getting outside and getting outside of your comfort zone as much you know, psychologically as physically. What's the one piece of advice you'd give to somebody listening to this that thinks, you know, this this is what I want to do. Where do I start? It's quite hard to uh, condense it into one piece of advice. I I think take baby steps. That's Mm. that would be the first thing I'll say. Call it a micro bravery, if you like. You know, you don't necessarily have to do something big and brave to begin with if that feels like it's too much. It could be about setting a date. So, you know, you want to go off and do something. So set a date, put it in the diary. That can actually feel very liberating to have done that. And then it's like, okay, now I have a focus and I can follow that plan. But also break it down into steps and stages. And this is something I guess I I take from my years teaching. And we'd have a star chart and, you know, all, all of the stages that they needed to have reached at certain points. And would you believe even 15, 16 year olds love to have stickers to put on on their star chart but you know when I was training for half marathon a couple of years ago which actually I didn't end up doing through injury but I used the same sort of chart for that and so you get to tick off as you go and do you know there's something so satisfying about a dirty great tick <laughs> underneath something is like like lists you know tick on a list but you know you can see your progress then as you do that so it's all about chunking it down micro bravery small baby steps and I would suggest tell somebody or put it out there on social media that you're going to do it because then you've got some accountability too wonderful that is such a good advice and I think yeah who doesn't love a sticker quite frankly <laughs> that is so true and I love my ticks and my lists. so yeah I can totally relate to that bit it's amazing Zoe so if people want to find out more about you, about Head Right Out, where do they go? Okay, so it's uh, www.headwriteout.com. And also I'm Head Right Out on all platforms, apart from LinkedIn, where it's just my name, Zoe langley Waffen. And I'd love for any women who'd love to join the group to come along to Facebook, to the Head Right Out hub. And we've got almost 100. It's only been open for two weeks and we've got almost 100 women on there already. So it's a women only group. It's a safe space for people to support one another and to talk about um, those things that they dearly would love to be able to do, but haven't had the courage to do yet. So, yes, I'd love to see some people there, too. And at that point, sadly, um, I think both of our internet started to cut out. So um, we had to end it there. But it was amazing to speak to Zoe. I just wanted to pick up on her point this week when she said it's not necessarily about the walking. When she was talking about how the activities or how the the adventures that she's had, what a difference it had made to her life, how life changing it had been. But that actually it wasn't necessarily the activity itself that brought the change. It was a resilience and the tenacity and the strength and the courage that 
she de both developed but also realized that she had um, as a result of taking part in the activities and I think this goes back to the point that, that actually when you're trying to think of an adventure you've got an idea of what you want to do because I think we can get sort of comparisonitis with well someone's doing this and it sounds so amazing or you know they're scaling this mountain you know these are all incredible things but actually that adventure is such a personal thing to us that it is really about what is the thing that that scares us and excites us um, and for some people that might you know that might to other people look like it's relatively small it might it might feel to you that but it might feel that actually it's a really hurdle and that actually doing that thing will make such a huge difference to your sense of what you're capable of so i suppose this week it's really thinking about actually what would that adventure be for me and um, what does that look like? And is it the small thing that I'm just nudging to the back of my head? Is it reaching out to somebody who I've wanted to speak to for a while? You know, often my adventures are reaching out to people I'd love to speak to for the podcast who I find really interesting. But it's putting yourself out there and going, OK, this is this is something that is feels important, but it's still sometimes scary at the same time. So, yeah, think about what your adventure is. And, and, and then, as Zoe says, it's about breaking it down to the smallest step. But sometimes it might be just, you know, putting it out there and taking that leap. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the show this week. And um, we'll be back again next week with some more adventures. Um, if you'd like to get in touch, I'd love to know how you found the show. Any points that you picked up? Um, I'm on Instagram, Resilience at Work. Or you can find me on Facebook, The Everyday Adventure Club, and come over and join our group. Or if you'd like to get in touch with me one-to-one, -one, I offer coaching and group coaching, um, helping you to plan your own adventures. So please do reach out. Anyway, hope you have a fantastic week and weekend and I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Bye.